Fitzy and Whipper. We absolutely adore this lady. Um, and if you need advice on parenting, yes, Maggie please. Dent is the woman that you need to speak to. She's got a, uh, well, it's not a brand new uh, podcast. This is season five, Parental as Anything, which is out today. It is the magnificent Maggie Dent. Yay! Maggie! Do you know? yeah. Oh my God, series five. I just thought it'd be a one offer. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, Maggie. People love this. And you know what's amazing? Whenever you come on this show, um, the listeners that have kids and certainly everybody in our studio is hanging off every word. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. it's that palpable sigh of relief that, you know, good enough parents um, can still raise, you know, really awesome kids. And yep. we all lose it some days and we're not lousy, not bad. We're just human. Mm. Maggie, can I ask, this is a big one for everybody, and it's certainly very prominent with my kids at the moment, but they've discovered screens. Ted and Jack, so they're seven and five. There's iPads, there's a Nintendo Switch, and obviously a TV. But I, I feel the pressure as a parent to go, all right, well, if that's their interest, I need to create something outdoors that's more interesting than that. So is that the best approach to try and break the habit of just coming home and jumping on a screen? You're absolutely right, because we know that, especially, you know, right up to 10, there's so many developmental things that are still growing in our kids. You know, the critical window's up to five, and I just, my heart aches, you know, when I see parents distracting their kids with a screen, you know, while they go shopping, because that's actually where you're supposed to be talking about where the bread is and the milk is and what that is, and can have funny colour and what colour yoghurt do you want? So we're not getting as much language, but you're absolutely right. The other things is um, an absence, so it's the displacement effect of screen. So that means our kids don't spend as much time outside, which means their melatonin levels can be different. That means they don't sleep as well. We also need them to run around adjusting their eyeballs. Um, We've had an increase in myopia, which we believe. Yeah, because the eyeballs need to stretch and if you're looking at a screen that's really close by, we have four-year-olds turning up at physiotherapists with uh, chronic posture problems because they haven't hung by their body weight to strengthen their shoulder girdles and their wrists and they can't write. So Mm. Can you see? It's oh a really God. important thing. Look, okay. It's worse than I thought. Versus screen. And, um, you know, absolutely, the, I still believe the best screen you need to do to save your sanity, go and have a poo in peace or get some dinner cooked, is stick in front of a TV that has no advertisements if possible. Um, yep. And, you know, they, they can't adjust the smartphone and zoom over to Netflix while you're not looking because they're quite capable yep. at four yes. and five years of age of finding content that is extremely extremely damaging for children of any age. Maggie, um, we've been getting some great questions from our listeners. Um, One of them is my four-year-old comes into our bed every night. This is from Kristen and takes at least an hour and a half to go to sleep. It is driving us insane. Any tips for the kids coming into bed and wanting to sleep in there, Maggie? Oh, look, we do. And we've got a fabulous episode coming up. And I want to say that is absolutely developmentally quite normal for children. Remember where their safest place is, to compliment, because it is actually right next to you. And so in their day, what we're finding is also the busy day that they have. Their little brain, we do that too, but us women do it way longer than men. You take about three seconds, us women are still doing it at two in the morning. We go through (laughs) what has happened in the day. And often that is, you know, that can keep them a little unsettled, but also they need to be able to get into what we call predictability because predictability and routines is what the brain says, oh, I know what happens next, mm-hmm. which yep. is why we talk about bedtime routines. Yep. Um, and so one of my challenges is if it's not a problem and everyone's sleeping, it's not a problem. And co-sleeping yep. needs to be seen is not a problem. It's not a sign, again, of a lousy parent. 
But if it, if a parent is a light sleeper and it's causing a problem, and the other parent can't co-sleep and let the other one in the spare room, yep, um, yep. then we we do need to look at what other ways. And usually we just stick the mattress on the floor beside it. And usually, mm. as a parent, it ends up on that. But I want to every now and then you might try and make them think it's an exciting thing to go and sleep in their own room. Yep. And mm. if it's not working again, look, we're just we're still in the midst of a pandemic. They're picking up our anxiety. They're picking up, you know, crazy stuff going around in the world. They're hearing about war. No wonder they want to get back in our bed. Mm. We've just had massive floods. So mm. our kids are in a heightened world. Their safest place is next to their next safest. To so one day you will dread it because they want to sleep with someone and you don't like that person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maggie, what about this one? There's a fine line, and I don't know where it is, but um, of how hard to push them. And I'll give you an example. I signed the boys up for nippers. They didn't want to do it. And I just don't know where that line is where I say to them, look, I'm never going to force you until you have to do that, but I want you to trust me Try. when I really encourage it. Mm. What, how, do you, how do you get them to do things if they're not? Yeah, okay, so the very first thing is um, one of the biggest drivers, even with little children, is that they do want to have some agency and autonomy in making those calls. So once again, they can come home and all my mates are doing soccer, so I want to do it. Yeah. Where in actual fact, it might be a lamb or a low energy child who can do it for two weeks and then just needs not to do it anymore. So again, we actually have that insight that they don't have. So we might sit down and go, okay, so this is the deal. Um, we might forewarn them that there are going to be some mornings it's going to be really cold and you won't want to go. But you know what? When you've signed up, we actually have to turn up because it's about a team. Mm. And also there'll be yep. times when you might have to sit on the sidelines and instead of being on because it's not, not your term and that might be a little bit uncomfortable. So we forewarn them yep. about some of the things that they may be challenged with. Then we say, now, how are you feeling now about doing it? Or would you like to leave it another another year when you're older and got bigger muscles or stronger or sure. more braver, right? And then we kind of give them a bit of a sense of what is to come because sometimes I just want to do it because woohoo. <laughs> yep. um, I think they're the things we have to factor in when we talk to kids, um, you know, and not make too many commitments. But if we're going to stick to one, you, your deal is you've got to do at least half the season. Mm. Okay. Right? If yep. you're going to pull out, yep. you've only got four more weeks, three more weeks, two more sure, weeks. Sure, yeah. sure. And then usually by then, if they've really do, actually, it's a bit more fun than I thought. They sometimes finish it. All right, Maggie, let's go into the teenage years now because we've got a 12-year-old, a beautiful 12-year-old. Here we who go. He's very reserved, a lovely boy, but he is turning 13 this year. And there's already signs now of a bit of pushback with, with mum and dad. Stacey's also written into the show and said, at what point do teenagers stop being jerks to their parents <laughs> and hating life? So what, what do we expect over the next couple of years, Maggie? Oh, my God. You know how I'm really passionate about them because they're the ones I taught and counselled most. So one of the things that we do, it feels a little bit like, particularly for boys, girls get a bit sassy a bit early and with their, you know, because they can be more sassy anyway. Um, but boys suddenly kind of, it feels like an alien stole them and put this other thing in place that just yep. is a like, whoa, where'd that come from? Okay, so firstly, it's developmentally normal. Your son or your daughter did not ask for this journey to begin. They have lots of changes going on that make them feel really um, a bit stressed. So their hormones are changing, their body's changing, their brain's changing. There's all these changes. They wake up going, what the heck? There's a wet patch in my bed. What the heck? Yeah. Um, and yeah. then as we're evolving, they're supposed to push us back a bit because they need to have some tastes of more autonomy and freedom. And I think the biggest one that's hard to understand is the brain changes. The brain's trying to prune that child brain to help it become a grown up adult brain. So it gets rid of some stuff it thinks it's not using, but that can mean they can get more forgetful 
um, they can get more disorganized and get far more intense emotionally. Now we've got the neuroscience to show this. So I think my challenge to you is find, um, you know, and I've got heaps of articles free on my website, sit down and go, these are some of the reasons why this is happening. And we want to still yep. be the rails on your bridge. We want to be your safe person, but there are going to be times you're not going to like us and, and we probably might not like you very much, but we will love you. Mm. And we have to hold on to the end of that rope. And I think when they see there's a reason underneath it, yeah. also lots of them think they're the only one. Yeah. So the self-loathing that kicks in, oh my God, it is so intense. So I think the more aware we are and the more loving we are and the more ridiculous we are to ourselves to lighten home, the better. Keep no question. Fun. There's a lot of things we can do. You've got to lighten it up because they don't really want to wake up grumpy and moody. Mm. Very good well, advice, Maggie, Maggie Dent. We love you, Maggie Dent. We always Ooh, do. Season five, Parental is Anything. You can get it. It's the ABC podcast. You can get it wherever you get your good podcasts from. It is the best. If you are having troubles as a parent, this is where you have to sit down and, and listen to Maggie. We love you, Mags. Thanks you so much Thank for coming you. on Thank you. It's got so desperate with one of my sons. He's had to listen to my podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't want to pick up the phone. Oh, that's funny. Oh, thanks, thanks, Maggie. Maggie. Bye, Maggie. Bye-bye. Fitzy and Whipper.